Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Thunder, 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 Thundercats, ho! Welcome, Thundercats fans, to another Thundercats Friday on the Radical Retro Rewind podcast. As always, I am joined by my brother, David. Hello, Thundercat fans. You're in for a real treat. We're going someplace very cold today. Very, very cold. So, yeah, we got another location on (laughs) Third Earth, David. Make sure you wear your cape that will provide no protection from the elements. Because I always go to Antarctica and just put on a cape. Bear. Bear legs, arms. Well, they are cats. Anyway. So this is episode 113, Lord of the Snows, which aired on September 25th of 1985. We haven't gotten to October. Soon. (laughs) Soon. I want to know what episode was on your birthday, David, on October 18th. I wonder what we'll get, since there's one every day. I hope it's a really good one. Like, it might be a really, really good one. Like, I was so so disappointed. It's like, Mumra takes a vacation. God, there was another slower episode we did a little while ago. Just something really (laughs) slow and, like, honestly, even, like, a Mandora episode. Snarf walking around Third Earth. Complaining. (laughs) Complaining to the last unicorn. Which we saw today, actually, again, unicorn. Okay, to get into this episode, using the telesonic equipment. That's not the word. Oh, my God. Here, we started off right away. Using equipment inside the cat's lair, the Thundercats track a meteor as it enters the atmosphere of Third Earth. Panthro's examination of it reveals it's made completely of Thundrillium, indicating that it must have been a chunk of Thundera which broke off when the planet exploded, which I was horrified of that. It's supposed to be a part of Thundera! They were pretty excited about it. I mean, well, here's the thing. So, the episode starts off with they're tracking a meteor... You're Snark also, and Chitara, right? Yeah. Well. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. 
you also find out, yeah, because there's like a cloud. It almost looks like eyes in this cloud. It's so weird. I kept thinking at first because like, I didn't remember the episode from way back when. And I was like, is that Mumra in some kind of a cloud thing? That oh. man of war cloud again with the tentacles coming out? <laughs> but it turns out that it's a, a meteorite, which is a piece of Thundera, which is 100% pure Thundrillium. And it's coming through the atmosphere, which is kind of sad. But it also, again, feeds into my thing that Thundera has been pretty close to Third Earth. Like in the same... Like, in the same vicinity, like, it's the Mars of, of Earth or whatever kind of a thing. Maybe maybe Thundera was Mars. A red planet. I think Thundera was red. You know. What's interesting about this episode, to start off from the beginning, is that the Thundercats are feeling the pinch of the fact that they're running out of fuel. Now, right. They, they're not doing solar. They're not doing wind power, baby. They need to find that... <laughs> Well, matter of fact, David, to follow this up, it says in this episode, this is a little trivia from later, but it fits the scene. In this episode, the Thundercats' Thundrillium supplies are low that they get depleted halfway through the episode. This could be due to Groon draining the fuel source when he invaded Cat's Lair two episodes earlier in The Ghost Warrior. Well, I thought about that too, and I also thought about the fact there's a part, again, we're jumping around. Lionel goes out as Lord of the Thundercats because he says, I am Lord of the Thundercats. I am responsible for you. I need to go to where they find that the meteorite that they're tracking at Hook Mountain. Right. To bring back this meteorite. And I will call you with the Sword of Omens when I get there, basically, when I find the meteor. It's for you to take the, the Thunder Tank and, and take it back with We Need This. He's adamant about going alone. He's adamant he is the Lord of the Thundercats and he needs to do this for them. which we'll is Provide for them yes. in a way. But there's a part when, when they're waiting for Lionel, or they're trying to track him and all the power goes out and basically Tiger says very ominously but not I mean the music or anything wasn't ominous but he basically says we are basically sitting ducks we're or sitting defenseless. Du- we're defenseless. Def- we're defenseless or we have nothing. We're defenseless. So so Lionel goes he's going to Hook Mountain which he also was told that, that there are ferocious snowmen out there snowmen that- out there that are like to fight basically. They're, they're brutal. And uh, he's like, well, I still have to go. We need the, we need the Thundrillium. Which I actually, I like that they added not only like these Bigfoot-like characters, the Yeti, the Snowmen, because I am such a huge fan of like a Bigfoot character. And I like that even on Third Earth. There's an abominable snow beast, Rudolph. There is, and it's on, <laughs> and it's on a snowy mountain. It just happened to be a snowy mountain. Yeah, as well. But you know what? Before we even get even deeper, stupid Ryan, I should have started it off with the scene with, Chitara and Snarf are just in like a candy fruit field (laughs) and she takes the peppermint it looks like a candy cane out of Snarf's hand and she's like those are for burbles greedy Snarf or something like that and they see that cloud that David was talking about and Chitara's like we better go find but she just takes off running I thought couldn't she at least picked up Snarf I know I thought about that too I thought about that too she's like I need to go now bye bye like She's like, Bye, Snarf, Snarf, Snarf this is your intervention as your Weight Watchers agent <laughs> and specialist <laughs> and sponsor. I need you to lay off the candy fruit. And then her mission, she's done with that mission. She's carrying on to the I next. am, what's her name? Julian Michaels. Julian Michaels. Oh, God. Exercise and... guru. You will not eat that candy fruit. But no I'm going to, I gotta fruit. run though. Gotta run. Try to catch up. She must burn off so much calories. Chitara, I know. I that hate it's her. not even funny. I hate her. 
<laughs> but he loves her. He loves her. So like David said, with their own Jundrillium fuel sources dwindling, the Thundercats try desperately to grab the meteor using the lair's tracking beam, but fail. It ends up crashing into Hook Mountain. Not one to give up easily, Lionel sets off to retrieve the meteor, with Snarf secretly trailing behind him. And then Chitara, before he leaves, gives him a cape. She says it'll keep him warm. Now, was that a kind of... This is when I go back to our first episode, when back in the day, I always thought Chitara was more of a flirty character. But maybe I'm seeing it now that she is just more maternal? But I swear sometimes when she looks at Lionel, she wishes she was a man. <laughs> I don't know, does that sound no, wrong? But no, I mean, I, like... I, I think... You wish you were with Lionel. <laughs> I'm projecting through the truth. Yes, Lionel's sexuality has never been discussed. I mean, he liked he liked the Doom Gaze. He liked Tashi from the Doom Gaze episode. But was she really that beautiful? Can we really go with his No, but honestly, I would have been like Chitara. You hold no secrets from me. I am I a gay man. You hold no secrets from me. I don't even want to... I wouldn't touch you to scratch you. Say Your makeup isn't even on point. She had those big-ass lips. No, that's terrible. I would have said, I wouldn't touch you to scratch you. That was Miss Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. She said that to the Penguin. I wouldn't touch you to scratch you. Anyway, so Chitar gives him a, a red cape, which attaches to his outfit, which is... Oh, maybe she, she, it looks more regal. I guess it made him look more... Oh, yeah, honestly, but she says it's to protect him from the cold. But like David said earlier, this is not protecting any. I, she's I mean, like, unless it's a I magic a, cape. She's like, Harry Potter. She's like, I put a tracking device in one of the clips. <laughs> We're going to keep an eye out for him either way. At least take this. It will protect you from the cold. Thank you, Chitara. Let him go. Let him think he's Lord of the Thundercats. We all know who's pulling the strings here. Well, they Chitara. all are. Honestly, so far, we'll see later on. She's <laughs> on to something. She's right about a lot of things. Yeah. When Snarf comes upon Lionel, he thinks he's getting trapped. And he's up on this snow mountain. So he's going through the cold. And he, he says, someone's following me? You know, that inner dialogue. And it turns out to be Snarf. But then all of a sudden, Snarf screams so loud that it causes an avalanche. And he's like, look what you did, Snarf. And he's like, me? You scared me. You jumped out at me. <laughs> they avoid this. They end up well, rolling. They, they, they end up rolling into like what, like a very cartoonish thing where they're stuck in a snow thing, and they almost fall off the side of a cliff. Yes, they almost fall off the side of a cliff. So again, dangerous terrain. So while he's initially upset that Snarf follows him, he agrees to let the nursemaid accompany him. The two Thundercats are unaware that they are being spied on by the mutant Jackalman, or when David texted me and then it auto-corrected Jack Quinn. <laughs> I love when Jack Queen says Jack. <laughs> when Jacqueline is watching them from afar. <laughs> I love, gotta love it. Damn gotta you, love Siri, it. and auto-correct, and you're, when you want to talk to type, the wrong damn thing. I, Mumra is always mommy or mama. <laughs> so, Jacqueline or Jackalman, as we, as he's, <laughs> as he's known Monday through Friday, except for the weekends when he does yeah, drag, apparently. <laughs> When he's Jacqueline, um, Jackalman goes back to the mutants to say that the Lord of the Thundercats is alone. And of course, being I tell you, as they are, they're so like, great. I tell this you. must be a trap. This must be a trap. He's only wearing a cape. <laughs> so the funny he's part naked. is... The funny part of this whole thing is that while the mutants are having this conversation... Well, before this, you should tell you about how he's walking home, this, how he was walking down the, the uh, moat. Oh, he's yeah, he's walking down the moat and the little critters and... <laughs> he's like, are trying to attack... He's like, I live here! <laughs> 
not me. You're supposed to be attacking. But it looked like what fishes and like some kind of like tentacle monsters. T some kind of tentacles. He's like, I live here. They finally got the moat set up. A few episodes, we noticed that they didn't put the moat in yet. That they didn't have the the slaves. The they didn't have. They didn't have the, the HOA moat. approval to put in the moat until recently. Finally, though, Mummer's gotten back to them, and he's they like, were I'm so the sorry. Moat. I had. <laughs> I accidentally, Delay. I accidentally filed that under verbal buildings. <laughs> declined, declined, declined. He goes in, tells them, and then the the other funny part that Jackalman has a funny moment for me is that um, Slide is Slide is like will take Vultureman, enter Vultureman's now into the character Yay! list. One of my favorite mutants. Will take Vultureman's like ship, and, and immediately Jackalman is like, <laughs> is that safe? Vulture Man will take us in his flying machine. But is it safe? You cowardly sniveling dog, stay at home if you cannot face your destiny. And David, he said it so, like, really, like, honestly, from his heart, like, is that safe? Like, like, is it safe? Like, like, you, like if you and I were like, someone, if I told you, oh, yeah, a friend of mine wants to take <laughs> us up who's just learned to fly on, like, a little sh a little plane. Right, would right. You wanna go, you'd be like, is that safe? That's exactly how he did it. It's funny. And, there, and of But Slide wasn't having it. But then later on, he asked the same thing. Well, you know. He might have thought of it. He's like, well, maybe that. Because what does he call him? Like a, a dog? Stay on the ground then, dog. You dingo. No. Dingo. <laughs> I don't know what he calls him, but he doesn't call him Nada. Or Nida. No, we don't even, we don't even know what to call her still. The scrawny mutant reports his findings to Slythe back at Cattle Plundar, who sees this as an opportunity to kidnap Lion-O. The mutants then board Vulture Man's flying machine and zoom off to Hook Mountain. So Slythe does ask Vulture Man, who in this episode, David, is voiced by our Snarf? which will later change. So in the first episode in which Vulture Man appears along with his flying machine, Bob McFadden, which is the voice of Snarf, provided the voice of the character in his first four appearances. And then Earl Hammond, Panthro, takes over the role of Vulture Man's from the sixth sense until the end of the series. I actually do remember Vulture Man's voice being different from what he heard today. He was really like Vulture-like in this episode, like a bird, like, yeah. Screaming. Um, it kind of reminded me of Shit's Sh Creek when when <laughs> Catherine O'Hara does the the birds or the crows. The movie you you you've never she seen. does that she's so what she said no she, never... no so oh god this is such a tangent on Shit's Creek basically she you know was an actress or whatever so she gets a part in a horrible B B film <laughs> and she has to be a like it's it's like kind of like a rip off of uh, the birds but she <laughs> okay never, so okay. it's just funny the crows. There's something is going, <laughs> and she's being attacked by what? She's like, like fake ah! birds? No, she like turns into like a crow at the end, and she's like like black feathers. She's like ah, redemption or something. That's Vulture Man's voice it's, exactly. It's, then it's, it's totally her, totally her. It's so funny as hell. So anyway, so Jackalman, however, not having significant faith in the vehicle, declares to remain at the castle. Mm, me too. I would too. With their Thundrillium supplies used up, the Thundercats sit in darkness inside their powerless cat's lair. Are you surprised that Panthro didn't create little flashlights for them? Or would that need everything needs to be powered by the same fuel Every, source? Everything has to be, and everything has to have the, the cat's in, insignia on it. 
then you have Pan to Lionel, who is now getting sucked up into a vortex oh, of God. wind going into a cave, and it's like the same music as as Mumra. That yes, that hardcore. It's like a maelstrom of like winds sucking him into a tunnel. And you see Chitar is like, I don't like this or something. I, I think we should go. And, and Tiger is like, well, uh, basically, you, I think I don't remember. He's Tiger. Eros, but then he believes her, right? Well, no, like, like, like Panther's like, like, you know, should we go? And Tiger is like, well, you should ask Chitara. She's like, I know he's in trouble. I can sense he's in trouble. So they're like, all right, that's enough for me. $20. I'm convinced. Let's that's go. That's it. That's it. She's like, Chitara says so. We could all have guessed that he was going to be in trouble going on this place yeah. by himself. Up a mountain. So the mountain, Hook Mountain, I sent this to you too, but it came up as like Shakira <laughs> instead of Shira. I thought it was Shakira for a minute. I read that as Shakira. Thank you, Siri, for correcting everything I say. Siri corrects things that I don't even say to things that are the most extraordinary. I should just do a whole series on what did Siri say that I said? Because it makes no sense. Some of the stuff is, and it's so bizarre. And I'm like, I know I have an accent, a New York accent, and I know that I'm not always articulate, but there's a point when you say something like a tree and Siri turns it into a cavernous mountain of despair. You know, like, oh, and I'm like, like third earth. She's sounds on. like third earth. And I'm like, uh, where, where did you come up with? I said a tree. And you said, cavernous. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want to find that cavernous tree cavern? Lionel goes towards hook mountain. He uses his claw shield to start climbing. Yes. I was telling Ryan that because he starts climbing. Cause so he's over hook mountain. He's climbing upside down, which is like this episode of sheer with stone, the stone and the sword episode where she loses her power and she has to climb sky dancer. Yes. And yes. She climbs, or Shakira. And she climbs uh, or Shakira and she has to climb upside down and he has to climb upside down. And snarf is almost like the cowl. Cowl. Yeah. Like, he's like, don't, don't look down, I'll do it for both of us. Uh, but, but, but you need Swift Wind to fly you to the top of Sky Dancer Mountain. I'll climb. No one can climb Sky Dancer. Watch me. Yeah, isn't that exactly he says don't look down to Snarf? He says something like that. No, Cowl says something like, don't worry if you fall, I'll keep you company all the way down. All the way down, yes. And she gives him, you know, that sheer resting bitch face. Like, mm. Adora does have that resting bitch face, and she was particularly nasty in that episode. Honestly, that's <laughs> she the nastiest climb a mountain. God, anyway. I am Shira. I am a princess where I come from, and I'm a queen where I live. So the, the, with their Dundrillium Splies used up, the Thundercats sit in darkness. Okay, yes, yeah, so the cats board the Thunder Tank and speed off to Hook Mountain. After the ascent, including overcoming an avalanche, blizzards, and peaks, Lionel and Snarf eventually make it to the top of Hook Mountain, where Snarf is like, We conquered Snarf, Snarf, Hook Mountain! We did it! Conquered it! Lionel says something to the effect of, I think it's actually going to be harder. This is going to be the hard part of the, of the journey, seeing this big ice tower castle. Which he says, Snarf says is beautiful. Well, it is. On top of Hook Mountain, where they stare in awe at a magnificent ice castle of the snowmen. As they approach it, the drawbridge lowers and the snowman steps out with the fierce snow meow, which is his cat, carrying an ice lance and a shield. The snowman scoffs at Lionel's friendship offer and denies him the meteor, instead challenging him to combat, which is a recurring theme going, I feel like, this happens with Hachiman, I feel like, in the future. Also, the voice sounds like... 
honor. There's a, but so Lionel presents himself. You know, there's a meteorite that landed on your your mountain. He like kind of laughs at him and he says, "What did you come to come to trade, Lionel?" <laughs> it was like yeah, that. yeah. He his sounds voice. like he sounds like he's trying to do a fake Japanese accent at this point. So basically, Lionel says he can offer him friendship, loyalty, whatever the the code of Dundera, and the code of Thundera. <laughs> you know, and he's like, well. That ain't gonna happen. We have to like fight to the death, so to speak. Like he says, mortal or at least duel to show off that year. Yeah, like it must be earned. It can't just be. Maybe he figures like, well, what the hell is this guy gonna do in the cape? So they you gotta fight, show me. And, what and you again, can do. he makes fun of him and calls him a boy. Okay, so looking at Lionel, yeah, how does everyone okay, know? How do you know his age? I I don't know. I wouldn't be able to judge if I look at an elephant. Am I gonna tell you that it's an old elephant or a young elephant? I mean, it might be small, or I might say it's a baby elephant, but a full grown elephant. I don't know if it's lived. If I see a turtle, that's a two hundred. You're a turtle. Oh yeah, do right, I say? Right. Do I say? Look at that little shrimp of a turtle. That's you know so young. Like I wouldn't know the difference. So how the heck does they always call him a? He's wearing a, the scarlet letter of shame. He's so young. He's only they don't, sixteen. You're right. They always make up. I, I. It would make sense if they all knew that he was the lord of something. Like he was supposed to be a king. I could see him being like a younger looking king. But yeah, this is just an every character knows that he's a boy. Boy cub. Yeah, it's like I, I don't get it. I would look at him and I'd least think he's 18 18 20 i don't know but you're right so they fight the one thing that stuck out for me is that snarf keeps telling him to call the other thundercats and lion is saying i have to earn this he's not he's not going to respect me if i don't do this the guy is insulting he's kind of nasty he has like a i don't know what you want to call him like a walrus dog face kind of yeah (laughs) he's got hair i guess he's supposed to be ape-like but i I don't know what his i I don't know what his type is but that's what he's not a monkey in he's not a monkey like that monkey type from willa snow meow he has is a saber tooth right it's a it's a bluish saber tooth cat is his companion that he rides on almost like a a la a battle cat yeah so exactly what i was thinking so the one thing that struck me is okay so he didn't call for the thundercats even though snarf kept telling him jaga does appear very quickly oh this is my favorite oh no oh no maybe you should is he basically telling he david he he says perhaps you've overstepped this time (laughs) because he's like he's gonna do it himself he's really jaga's like no and then he says he looks at the cat and goes think lionel Snow meow. So they're fighting. What the other thing that struck me is that Lionel never extended the sword of omens. It's always like a dagger thing. I would have at least done a one ho or and made it. You a little wanted bit to bigger. get at least a little higher, a little higher up because it's I so mean, small. The guy had a club and stuff, or then he turned into a. Then he ripped off a piece of ice, the snowman, and turns it into. A, a mesa with spikes on it, so I would have extended the Sword of Omens. This is as the two clash, Lionel finds it difficult to hold his own against the stronger and more experienced opponent, yet he does not give up. At that moment, Jaga appears to prompt Lionel that Snow Meow is in fact a cat, and Lionel then commands the big cat to halt and stops whilst in the middle of a charge. The cat then starts running towards the bottomless chasm. Before Snow Meow can reach the edge of the chasm, Lionel orders it to stop again, but the action of stopping suddenly invertly ends up throwing the snowman into a ledge deep into the chasm, which Snarf is very thrilled about. Snarf is like, just leave him, basically. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but he's just like, all right, we're done here. And, and Lionel's like, I didn't come to kill him. I came to become his friend. Now I gotta go get him. And Snarf is like, are you sure about that? You know, basically. Because at first he calls down to him, snowman, and you don't hear anything. And Snarf's like, let's go. Lion. Oh, but it's over. Just get the Thundranium. Thundrillium and get out of here. So he basically goes down. Snarf is left with Snowmeo. Snarf still has very leery of Snowmeo. Snarf is still very leery of Snowmeo. 
I mean, he is ferocious looking. And prior to this, he was kind of like gritting his, like baring his teeth at Snarf him. is like a snack compared to him. Well, you know, he is a snack for some pirates. No, mm, you're a snack. Kaliado mm. <laughs> then descends down the chasm by anchoring a line from his spore shield to the Sword of Omens in order to save the snowman, who was injured in the fall, I would imagine. Without warning, the mutants make an appearance and try to yank the Sword of Omens, hoping to trap Lion-O in the chasm forever. However, Snow Meow attacks the flying machine, forcing the mutants to release the sword. As soon as Lionel makes it to the top with the snowman, Vultureman showers him with a barrage of gunfire. Avoiding the fire, Lionel summons his friends, and within moments, they reach the battle zone in the Thunder Tank. A few laser shots from the tank sends the mutants packing. So it was that Lionel did say, like, how did you get here so fast? Yeah, the funny thing is, he's like, you should ask Chitara. She's like, I had a feeling. Wink, wink, you know. That was the longest wink she's ever did. It almost looked like her eye just froze there. Lionel, come to me. I want to say that Snarf was also throwing ice and snow at them as well. (laughs) Snarf, I don't care what anybody says. Snarf, everyone, like, says Snarf is like, sure, they're like the... Or useless, but he's not really useless at all. He's not, and he will fight. He loves Lionel. It's like, it's more of a, it's not just a obligation, it's a love. And yes, uh, he will he will do anything, including he's walk a father. He's like a father. Walk, or, oh yeah, walk through mother, snow. But... Walk through snow, and like which is probably taller than he is to, to try to get Lionel to make that's sure he's one. Dead. I think that was beautiful. There, yeah. I, I really you and you see this theme throughout, which is also again why it's endearing to us. I think because of that fact. You know what's really funny too is the Vulture Man ship like almost like <laughs> flops its wings too. Like sometimes, yes, like, it looks like he made a giant bird literally to fly in. It's like he's a like, giant. I, I don't fly, but I could have. Vulture Man gives you wings. Yeah, Vulture Man gives you wings. So Snow Meow does scratch at it, and, and he damages the ship. And then when he when Lino calls the Thundercats, the Eye of Thundera projects the Batman signal, and, and it actually hits the ship. Yes, it does. Grateful for Lino saving his life, the Snowman accepts his friendship as well as allowing Lino to take the meteor. With the meteor loaded into the tank, the cats say goodbye to Snowman and Snow Meow and head home. So, but Lionel does add that he will always have the protection or the help of the Thundercats. If you ever need us, call on the Thundercats and we'll be there to help you to fight common enemies or whatever kind of a thing. So it's an alliance. It's an alliance. We got, what, the Burbles, the Warrior Maidens, and now the Snowmen, plural, but we we only ever see one Snowman. I think he's alone in there, honestly. I think so, too, but you know what happens. He's a dying species, endangered species. And then you have, their, their, so now they've become friends with with the unicorns, keepers, and... Oh, David, which did you notice? At the start of the episode, we got when that the meteor was falling down, we saw the living ooze back again. It was like, ugh, ugh, he was just, Oh, out. God. Like, he's he's recovered from the soap, evidently. Yes, yes. We see the unicorns, and then we see a burble. And I did note that the burble didn't even have the burble voice put in. It was kind of like they must have forgot it. He, the burble just falls down. And then you see it go past the cat slayer. And the cat slayer, yeah. So we see it. So maybe David's right everything is central to, to cat's lair everything's just around maybe that's what Mumra's really upset about it all could have been settled if they just would have developed a little further out <laughs> that's all it took Mumra doesn't want anyone on his land so a few more trivia facts about this episode Oh, what I just said. This episode features cameos by the Burbles, the Warrior Maidens, including Willa, 
the living ooze, and unicorns. None of them have a speaking role or, or are only briefly shown when the meteor flies above them, crashing. When warning Lionel about the natives of Hook Mountain, Tiger refers to them as snowmen in plural, suggesting that they are a race of beings. But strangely, only one member of the race of snowmen only appears in this and future episodes. Well, look at me, I'm so smart coming up with these things. But thank you to the Thundercats Wikipedia as well. Before Lionel departs the Hook Mountain, Chitara places a red cloak over his shoulders. Lionel would be depicted wearing the same cloak during the coronation in the future episode Lionel's Anointment Final Day, The Trial of Evil, which, David, is a whole other thing we have to decide for the future, and I don't know if any other Thundercats Is it four episodes? It. Actually, four or five, but the problem is either we could do them in order, as one day, two days in order, or in the running order, they have this spread out, the trial, like, one trial, then four episodes, another trial, and four episodes. Sometimes in, in airings, though, like back in the day, Cartoon Network would put them in order. I so that's one thing. I wonder if we should. I wonder if we should do them in continuity order or episode order. Tell us, tell us, because that's going to be a predicament. Although we're not anywhere near that. But remember <laughs> this and that cape. Remember, um, ten year span, job security. Ten, ten, you're getting ten years of two episodes yes. a month. If you're lucky, a third one. We possibly will. Vultureman and his flying machine's unexpected appearance in this episode is rather mysterious and never explained. And the moat around Castle Plunder is shown to be inhabited by fish and octopus-like creatures for the first time. I live here. That was for Jack Queen. I'm allowed to park my car here. Poor Jackalman. What are we saying about the Lord of the Snows? No, I liked it. I just, he does appear again. And Snowmeow does appear again at some point. I remember that. I yes, he does. Day one. It's just another ally. And allies, I, I like, allies. I like the fact that they're, they're quickly winning over people in Third Earth. You know, when... Their love shows. You know, they're quickly winning over the people or the other creatures, races, whatever, of Third Earth. And I think right. that speaks to who they are. And I think that... You're better to have friends than enemies. I know that a lot of them are not powerful, but I can tell you if, God forbid, something happened to one of the Thundercats, the Burbles would grab them and, on a stretcher and take them to the Burbles. Yes, they team. would. You're right. They totally or, or, would. Or the Wolos or whoever would do whatever or send somebody to to, to tell the other Thundercats to, to come help whatever. They would. <laughs> so <those> I, Wolos. <laughs> so truthfully, I think it's a great thing. I think it just speaks to their character. And they're basically... Maybe this is what Mumra is foreseeing and why he's so angry. Because within the fact that they feel safe, people the, the, the lesser powerful creatures feel safer knowing the Thundercats are around. Right. It kind of takes away his grip of terror. That is true. Over over Third Earth, because they know the Thundercats are gonna help them. And they know that and they've proven that they can defeat the mighty Mumra. Mumra. <laughs> yes, exactly for saying. So, so I mean, to me, that's I, I you know, it's great to have so I guess I would not be wielding the sort of omens because at the, any chance that I got, I would have off. I would have off Jackalman. I would have off them. The I would have. There would have only been Mumra left, and I would have found a way to get rid of him too. Blow if up that pyramid. If it takes me all year. Blow up that pyramid. I don't know. Throw acid on him. Do like a Freddy Krueger thing where you bury his his ashes and body in a in a sacred ground. Maybe if they would have chained his sarcophagus, a la Barnabas Collins in Dark Shadows, and then thrown him down like a pit. Ever think well, of that? Well, I want to know what would happen if they stopped him from getting back to the pyramid when he loses his power. Honestly, would he turn into a pile of dust? <laughs> 
But then again, that dust would probably swirl around and make its way back to. They'd have to have a Hoover right there. They'd have to. They'd have to have Panthro's new device. A and Tiger cleaner. probably to cleaning. Hepa, oh, he Hepa, didn't clean Hepa today. Filter. Hepa filter. Tiger suck that up. <laughs> so. We got Snowman, which is one of the Thundercats' strongest allies and good friends. He is a fierce warrior. He lives in the castle of Snowman at the top of the Icy Hook Mountain. His sole companion and seed is his trusty big cat, Snowmeow. Thank you again for listening to another Thundercats review. You can reach David at Universal Appeal 2020 or Warrior Maiden. <laughs> or Snowmeow. Snowmeow. Snowmeow 2020. One word on Instagram.com. <laughs> God. You can reach me at, I live here! <laughs> but I live here! <laughs> God. So, and you can also reach the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast, all one word, on Instagram. We will be back with more Kitty Cat Delights next time. On the Thundercats Podcast, please subscribe. I need to shop at Bed Bath & Beyond one day. <laughs> please subscribe, like, and comment so David can enter Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> I need to buy candy fruit trees for my new backyard. <laughs> yeah, I get a new candy fruit. Remember, each like subscribe brings David one closer to Bed Bath & Beyond shopping. Bless you. We speak your name. So that was it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.